0: Sacred Space. So welcome back again to the second part of Sacred Space. Uh, My name is John Keeley, still joined uh, by Shane Ambrose here on the Skyplan. And at this part of the program, I'd like to play a recording that I made of Dr. Mady Healy, who was speaking in NOC actually last Monday. And uh, she's been introduced by Father Richard Cribbin, who's the PP of NOC. And um, Dr. Mady is going to talk to us about life to the full, Jesus the healer. So let's say this. Somebody that you know, somebody within our families. We all know somebody that's ill or sick. We can take from that reading the power of the the word itself, that Jesus is the healer. It's not that we discount medical advice. You don't. You go through all of that. That is part and parcel of our human makeup. But in conjunction with that, alongside with that, we have our faith. That is really what the gospel is speaking to us here this afternoon. My daughter, he said, your faith has restored you to health. Go in peace and be free from your complaint. I know that there are probably people here this afternoon just longing to say those words themselves too. We have trust and faith in the healing power of the risen Lord. This afternoon to maybe take this a little bit further for us as our speaker, Dr. Mary Healy. And uh, Mary is professor of sacred scripture at the Sacred Heart major seminary in Detroit. Is an international speaker on on the world stage in relation to scripture evangelization healing and spiritual life she's the chair of the doctrinal Commission of International Catholic charismatic renewal services in Rome and in 2014 a historic thing took place Pope Francis appointed her as one of the first three women ever to serve on the pontifical biblical Commission now, if you're not too sure about what that is, it's a big thing. That's very important. That's a, that's a major thing. So we, see, we feel a little bit inadequate here this afternoon. But Dr. Mary will take us through now uh, developing this idea of Jesus the healer. If you'd like to welcome her, please.
1: Thank you, Father Richard. What a wonderful God we have. What a wonderful God. Hallelujah. (laughs) The first reading that we just heard was from the book of Exodus after God had done his marvelous, stupendous deed of delivering his people from slavery in Egypt. And they had arrived across the Red Sea and they were in the desert, but then something went wrong. The water was bitter. They couldn't drink it. They were thirsty. And that bitterness represents all the bitterness in the world because of sin and all the consequences of sin. Many of us here maybe have come with having experienced some bitterness in your life, maybe because of the offenses of others, maybe because of regrets for things you have done, maybe experiencing various hurts or disappointments or disillusionments. And the people of Israel were experiencing that bitterness. But how beautiful it is that God showed Moses a tree. And he threw the tree in the water. And the water became sweet. That's a foreshadowing. The tree is a prefigurement of the tree of life. The cross on which our Lord died for us, which can turn every bitterness into sweetness. So, beloved brothers and sisters, if you have come here feeling any bitterness in your life, the Lord wants to lift it from you today. He doesn't want anyone to leave here today with any bitterness because He and He alone can make the bitter sweet. And then another beautiful thing in that passage, the Lord actually gives himself a new name. This is incredibly significant. God had already revealed himself to Moses at the burning bush, but now he gives himself a new name. He says to the people, I am the Lord, your healer. The Lord, your healer. In Hebrew, it's Yahweh Rophecha. And God is saying, healing flows from my very nature. It is my personality, it is my character to heal. You cannot separate healing from me. It is my very nature to bring my people to the fullness of life. Because that's what I desire for them. I am your healer. Now the people of Israel didn't always experience that healing character of God because so often they rebelled against him. They wandered away from him. They fell into idolatry, as we sometimes do in various ways. But God sent the prophets, and the prophets foretold that one day, the day would come when the Lord would act in power to save his people from everything that kept them from the fullness of life, that the Messiah would come, and the way he would be known was by his healings. And Isaiah prophesied, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has sent me to bring good news to the poor and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to release prisoners from the dungeon, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And what happened when Jesus came He was baptized in the River Jordan. The Holy Spirit came upon him. He went into the desert and he resisted the temptations of Satan. And then he went into the synagogue in Nazareth and he read that very passage from Isaiah The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Therefore, he has anointed me to proclaim good news and to demonstrate that that good news is true by healing the sick and opening the eyes of the blind and letting the oppressed go free. Jesus, by reading that passage and applying it to himself, was saying, I am Yahweh Rophecha. I am the Lord, your healer, who has come into your midst to fulfill all the promises of God so that you can experience the fullness of healing that God wants for you. And from that point on, if we read the Gospels, we find healings were not just a a small part of Jesus' ministry. And, And delivering people from demonic oppression, they were at the very heart and center of everything he did. In fact, Jesus proclaimed the good news of the kingdom, but you can't separate his proclaiming of the good news with his healings, because the healings are the visible demonstration that that good news is true. The kingdom really is here. He really has come to defeat Satan and sin and death and to free us from all the consequences of sin. He really is the Lord and he really is the one who has come to die for us and rise from the dead. One of the beautiful healings in the Gospels is the one that we just heard in the Gospel proclamation about the woman with the flow of blood, the hemorrhage. can imagine what Her life was like. Her her life was draining from her. She probably felt exhausted all the time. And along with her condition was probably a deep sense of shame in that society. Because as a person with a, a hemorrhage, she was ritually unclean. And anything she touched would become unclean. So she also experienced a deep loneliness. She had been to the doctor's They weren't able to do anything for her. But the gospel says she had heard about Jesus. Isn't that interesting? Have you thought about that? She had heard about Jesus. How could she have heard of him? It's because people were talking about him. How will people in Ireland today hear about Jesus? From you, brothers and sisters, talking about him and telling other people the wonderful things he has done for you. There may be many people who, who would say, well, I've heard about Jesus. I, I had religious education. I, I, I learned the catechism. And they, they think they know all about Jesus. Some of, of them have been inoculated. <laughs> They've heard so much they think they know all there is to know. How are they going to hear about how real and how wonderful he truly is unless they hear it from you, the people around you? So this woman had heard about Jesus, and she had a very lively faith. She said, if I can touch even his clothes, I shall be well. She knew that he didn't even have to say a word. He didn't have to lay hands on her. She just had to touch his garments. That was strong faith. In the Gospels, we realize that faith is dynamic. Faith is active Faith is not passive. There's not a single story in the Gospels where somebody said, well, I'm sick, I'm just going to sit at home, and if Jesus wants to come to my house and heal me, that would be just fine. There's nobody who does that. Everyone who gets healed by Jesus goes to him. They pursue him. Sometimes they have to overcome obstacles. Like the blind man who was crying after Jesus and the crowd kept telling him, shh, shh, be quiet. Or like the guys who had a friend who was paralyzed and they tried to get to Jesus and they can't because of the crowd. They found a way through the roof. So faith is active. It's persistent. It's persevering. It's tenacious. And so this lady touched him. And immediately she felt in herself that she was cured of her complaint. She felt his power. And Jesus himself was aware that power had gone out from him. And he he looked around he said, who touched my clothes? And his disciples at that point are thinking, "Um, Jesus, you may not really uh, be aware of this, but there are hundreds of people touching you. There's a whole crowd bumping into you, Jesus. Maybe you're just thinking about heavenly things. You don't realize everybody's jostling against you, Jesus. Of course, it's they who don't get what's really happening. Lots of people bumped into him, but only one touched him because she had faith. When we're at Mass, when we come to receive Jesus in the Eucharist, do we just bump into him? We just jostle against him like the crowds, with our minds on other things, thinking about what you did yesterday or what you're going to do tomorrow? Or are we like this lady who had such faith? She touched him and she drew forth power from him. That's what the Lord wants to do for you here in the Eucharist and in the anointing of the sick. And then this lady had actually she just wanted to get her healing and then escape. She's probably a shy lady. She doesn't want any attention, so she she's got her healing and now she's trying to escape in the crowd. Jesus looked around because he wanted to find out who it was. Because he didn't want her to get away with only a partial healing, only a physical healing. She had her physical healing, but he had so much more for her. He wanted to look her in the eyes, to see her face-to-face and encounter her, have a relationship with her. He wanted her to experience his personal, unique, unconditional love for her. That's the fullness of healing. If you've come here and you're, you need a physical healing or you need some kind of uh, reconciliation of a relationship or you have some other need that you've come with, ask the Lord for that. But not just that, He longs to encounter you here. He longs to have a face to face relationship with you. And so that lady came forward, she realized she was discovered. She came with fear and trembling. And he said to her these words of love, My daughter, your faith has healed you. Your faith. I've healed you, Jesus is saying, but it was your faith that drew forth that healing from me. Go in peace and be freed from your complaint. Not only did that woman get an incredible physical and spiritual healing, But after this, she became an evangelist. She became somebody who told others about Jesus. How do I know that? The gospel doesn't say another word about her. I know it because a few chapters later, it says when Jesus came to a town, people ran around asking only that they might touch his garments. How did they know you could get healed just by touching his garments? Because that lady must have told them about it. Her faith awakened greater faith in other people. When we tell people what the Lord has done for us, whether it's big or small, we awaken and stir up faith in other people. I have to tell you a story about somebody who is a little bit like the lady in this gospel. A couple years ago, I was giving a talk at a Catholic school And after the talk, a woman came up, and she was one of the teachers, and she said, would you pray with me? I need healing. And there were a couple other teachers there, and I said, yes, let's all pray for her. And so I asked her what she needed prayer for, and she said in a kind of whisper, because she was kind of embarrassed, she said, I hemorrhage, like the woman in the gospel. And she said, nobody knows about this. I'm not even sure I'll be able to continue teaching. It's been going on for a couple of years and I have to take heavy medication, which has a risk of stroke and, and terrible side effects. And she said, twice I tried to go off the medication. It landed me in the hospital. And once I almost died. So I said, all right, let's pray and ask for healing. We began to pray. And I, very quickly, I felt like the Holy Spirit was leading me to ask her a question. Because I knew that one of the biggest obstacles to healing That can block people from receiving healing is unforgiveness. When we're holding on to a grudge, it can actually block us from receiving the grace and power the Lord wants to give us. So I said to her, Did anything painful in your life happen around the time that this hemorrhage began? She said, Oh, yeah. That was when my husband stopped going to church. And I could see that that was very painful for her, that her husband had abdicated his spiritual leadership in the family. I said, have you forgiven him? She said, well, I've tried. I could tell by her face she hadn't really. And I explained to her that to forgive is it's not to minimize the offense. It's not to just sweep it under the rug. But it's to say, I give up my right to hold the sin against this person. I leave this person in the hands of God. I let go. God is the judge of that person who judges with infinite justice and mercy. So I explained that to her. I said, are are you willing to say a simple prayer, forgiving your husband? She said, yes. So she did. She very sincerely completely forgave her husband. And we prayed again for the healing of the hemorrhage. And then I left. And then 11 days later, I got an email from her in which she copied the entire faculty and staff of the school, she wanted to tell everybody what the Lord had done for her. And she said, when you were all praying, I I felt like a warm blanket come over me. And she said, then you all left and I, I was in the chapel and I felt like I had been healed. And she said, I'm a skeptic. I'm a scientist. I'm not into this kind of thing. But I looked up at the crucifix and I said, Jesus, did you heal me? And he nodded. She said, I came home and I've been totally fine ever since. No more hemorrhage. Glory to God. And six months later, I heard from her again. Totally fine and a good relationship with her husband. Brothers and sisters, you've come here to knock because you're pursuing the Lord like this lady in the gospel. And the Lord has already come ahead of you He's so thrilled that you're here. He is here to meet you. He wants to have an encounter with you like he had with this woman in the gospel. He wants to heal you. And he wants you to experience in every level of your being how incredibly much he loves you and how his great power is at work in you. And so I just invite you to open your hearts to him today and throughout your time here and expect marvelous things. The Lord wants to do marvelous things in your personal life and in this whole beloved nation. Amen.
0: Now again, our thanks uh, to Father Cribbin for allowing us to, to to play that recording. And at this stage now, I suppose it's only appropriate that we go out with that. we go out this section with our second piece of music, and this one, of course, is uh, by Dana, and this one is entitled "A Lady of Knock." So let's this.
2: Gathered round the gable wall Poor and humble men and women Little children let you call We are gathered here before you And our hearts are just the same Filled with joy and As we praise your name Golden rose Queen of Ireland All my cares And troubles cease As I I gaze upon your vision, and the truth I try to find. Here I stand with John the teacher, and with Joseph at your side.
1: sacred space.